Cool. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. It's good to be with you again this week. Uh, this week, I have a good episode for you. I'm sitting down with a guy who's become a friend now and um, a little bit of a mentor even. Um, he's an author, public speaker, uh, life coach. He's been a fitness trainer. I kind of introduced him in the episode pretty well, but he is a really cool guy named Ryan Muncy. He's written a book you may have heard of called F Your Feelings. Um, it's a really, really interesting book uh, talking all about you know, um, figuring out your goals in life and what you want to achieve and then how to get there and how to live your life in a way that, uh, you know, every decision you make is aimed at achieving the things you want to achieve in life. So is a book that was really inspiring to me, very motivational and very educational about uh, the value of, you know, things like exercise, nutrition, time outdoors, um, all this stuff. Um, it just, it really encapsulated all that. And, uh, it's an awesome book. Awesome read. Ryan's a very interesting guy. He's lived a very interesting life. Um, and he's also a hunter. Um, he's got a few, um, uh, I think he's doing an elk hunt out in New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, and Montana this year. Um, so, uh, great dude, uh, to, to hear from. It's a really interesting conversation. We cover everything from training to nutrition, to mindset, uh, just uh, a lot of good stuff in here. So give it a listen. Check out his book. Um, if you're interested, F Your Feelings. I read it like twice. Uh, great book. And um, yeah, so as you're listening to this, I will be in New Mexico while this episode airs. I'm leaving on the 14th of September to meet up with Dan from Elk Shape, and I'm going to be filming for those guys out there. So um, definitely keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, we're going to be at some pretty high elevations, which I'm not used to. So I'm hoping that that goes well. I think we'll be all right. Um, but looking forward to that and looking forward to coming back with all that content. Uh, most of which will be on the Elk Shape uh, channel, but hopefully I'll be able to repackage some of that and do some behind the scenes stuff for you guys as well. So be on the lookout for that. As always, I really appreciate all the reviews and ratings. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can just search my name, Hunter McWaters, on YouTube and you'll find it. And uh, all the podcasts are up on there, as well as going to be releasing, um, you know, the Kodiak film, you know, this hopefully a behind the scenes things from this thing with Dan, and then later on my antelope in Wyoming in October. So Anyway, um, that's kind of what's going on. Looking forward to sharing this episode with you guys, and I hope you enjoy. Let's just jump right in. All right, cool. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. And here today with my guest, a conversation I've been really excited about with Ryan Muncy. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, author, speaker. Uh, expert on elite human performance. He's been a fitness trainer and coach. And he's also a hunter and a fellow Virginian. So I'm glad to have him on today. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well, Hunter. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, we connected kind of randomly on Instagram. I don't know, I guess a month or so ago. I hadn't heard of your book, but I just kind of, I looked at your profile. Like, this guy looks kind of interesting. And I was like, I saw your book, um, we'll just call it F Your Feelings for the purpose of this podcast, but uh, he's got an amazing book called F Your Feelings, um, and uh, you know, don't be put off by the title, If you know, it's, it's an amazing book. 
But I decided, you know, I'm just going to check it out. So I downloaded it on Audible. And, man, I'm so glad I did because that book is amazing, man. Man, it, <laughs> I never get tired of hearing people say that. Um, I just – I really – really love that response and you know it's um you and I were talking before we hit record and you know you're you're now working on a book project and I think you know the entire time that I was going through you know creating that um you know I just I, I wanted to create something that would be timeless that that would be a resource for people that people would come back to over and over again uh, there are a few books in my life that that I think of that way and you know I really Put a lot of effort into trying to to do to create something of that nature and so when people say you know that it's made an impact for them or you know it, it's kicked them into gear or or it's something that they read multiple times or you know that's just yeah. man, that's just it's the best compliment i can get and uh, i just i love hearing that yeah man i was <laughs> i was literally on a run when the book ended and i was like yeah i just started it over from the beginning oh <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, man. So um, just really quick, because it's kind of hard to, in a nutshell, like explain to somebody like what the book is like, but I'm sure you've got practice with it. So just for our listeners, just like really briefly, like what is the book? Yeah, well, I guess let me go backwards a little bit and, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a short bio on, you know, my life up until the point of, of writing the book. And, and that kind sure. of gives some context into, you know, why I went on this exploration that, you know, became the book. And so, um, you know, in short, the book is my attempt to understand, um, you know, high performance, what it is, what it means, why some people are able to, um, you know, do amazing things and achieve great things in their life and, and why, uh, at the same time, other people, you know, really struggle to create the life that they want for themselves. And, and it was an attempt to not only figure that out, but to, um, uh, to provide a blueprint for anyone to be able to, uh, create and realize, you know, that life. And, um, I guess that's it. I don't, I don't re really need to tell you how I got to that point, but, um, I, you know, <laughs> like you said, I used to own a gym. Uh, my degree is in food science and human nutrition. Um, so I've always been, um, very passionate about fascinated by obsessed with the human body and, and human potential, you know, how we can kind of manipulate inputs to get certain outputs that we're looking for. Um, you know, train a certain way, you know, put this stimulus on your body, you'll get this adaptation and we do this. And, um, you know, in 2012, I opened my own gym in 2016, I sold it, uh, and moved into, you know, a little bit more of uh, virtual work and, um, you know, hosted a podcast for a few years where I got to interview, um, Navy SEALs and army Rangers and neuroscientists and, you know, the book was sort of an attempt to marry, you know, these two ends of that spectrum. You have the the theory of, um, you know, neuroscience and, and performance and psychology and cognitive behavior. And then, you know, I have uh, the ability to talk to Olympic athletes and, you know, high level CEOs and, you know, tier one operators. And I can say, okay, well, you know, here's the theory and then here's the people doing it, you know, so, th so this is the application and, and trying to marry those. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, just, just provide a blueprint for, um, you know, as a human being, 
you know, we're not given a user's manual uh, to how to operate this thing that we're in, right? And it's all of us are just trying to figure it out as we go. And uh, it can be a very frustrating journey. And so, uh, you know, like I said, my this is my attempt to, you know, try to understand that for myself, but also explain it in a way that you, the reader or listener, um, can have some insight into what's going on uh, in your head, how to, you know, navigate uh, feelings, emotions, uh, you know, everything that's going on. Uh, and that leads to, you know, our ability to make better choices and, and have, um, you know, uh, like I said, better de- decision-making matrices, um, better, um, mental toughness, you know, all the things that we know are required in order to, as I said before, just create that life, whatever it is, whether you want to be uh, an Olympic athlete or, or a special forces operator or, you know, an author, or, you know, if, if you want to start a podcast like you've done and, you know, make an impact in the hunting space. And, um, so, yeah, you know, the, the background in, in food and, and fitness, um, gave me a lot of exposure to people, um, you know, at, at, at the root, I'm a coach and, um, you know, I want to help people succeed. And I have a lot of experience with people coming to me saying, I want X, right? I, I want to get a college football scholarship. I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to, you know, go to buds and become a Navy SEAL. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, start a business and, um, you know, or, or I want to eat healthier. And over the years, you know, more people than most, I guess a majority of those people actually fail um, Mm. or have failed in the past despite the fact that they say they want a thing. And so most of my work isn't, here's the plan, right? Because if it was that easy, the plan is out there. There's tons of plans, Right. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter how you train. It doesn't matter how you eat. It doesn't like, you know, there, you can go keto, you can go paleo, you can go, you know, carnivore, you can do whatever, as long as you do the thing and you do it smart, it'll work. Right. right. And, and, you know, the very fact that we have all these people arguing about the best way to do a thing means that people doing multiple things are getting the results that they want. You just have to do it. And so, you know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. talk about that as like rolling out the red carpet. Right. And so as a coach, like I can give you a plan, I can roll out the red carpet, but you have to walk it. And, you know, that's where the real work is. And and so with the people that I've been able to work with, it's it's less about the plan and more about staying on the path. Um, mm. And that's, you know, that's really what the book is about. And, and that's what my work has become uh, over the last you know five years or so. And, and that's been infinitely more exciting and rewarding than, you know, being in a gym uh, writing, uh, workout programs or, or writing diets. Right. Yeah, man. Like the whole time I'm listening to your book, it's just like light bulbs are going off. Cause it's like, it's stuff that I've found out in my life, like anecdotally, um, through experience. Um, but I've never heard, but there's like actual like studies and scientific backing and like you explain it all. Um, which can also translate for other folks into, you know, tips and, and tactics on ways to um, increase your performance and, and even how you feel and just the, the direction of your life. Because, um, I, man, I spent, you know, you talk a lot about how a lot of people are operating off the lizard brain, um, you know, the amygdala, and um, basically, which is only concerned with like survival and immediate gratification, um, whereas your frontal lobe is more, you know, uh, 
tasked with like things, you know, more complex things, love, decision making, uh, conception of a God. And I, I spent probably 10 years of my life living off my lizard brain, man. And like, I even, when I had to go to treatment for my, my drug problem about five years ago, and they even explained to us in there that like, when you're dependent chemically on a substance, your frontal lobes shut down and you just are basically living from your amygdala, like all the time. And that's even the part of your brain, like I said earlier, that um, conceives of your your spirit and your like your faith in God, and which is a big part of my life. And so um, it's just like, wow, I'm actually cut off from God right now when I'm like in this state. And then coming out of that, um, you know, and I see a lot of the truths in your book also, just because of my Christian worldview. You may not even know this, but like. Um, I can, I can link back almost everything you're saying about scientific studies about like, you know, morning sunlight and gratitude and giving to others, discipline, taking the narrow path. I can trace it all back to stuff that's, that I've read in scripture, which, you know, is kind of my user's manual, uh, for life, but, uh, it's just been amazing, man. You know, and it's interesting because as you start to list some of those examples, I mean, I think a lot of that is, you know, uh, innate knowledge that, you know, we've lost over the last mm. 100, 150 years as our lives have diverged from um, the way that we are sort of either created or biologically uh, evolved, depending on your worldview, um, mm-hmm. you know, to live, right? Our, our lives since, you know, the early 1900s have completely changed, um, you know, with the advent of electricity and, you know, heating and air conditioning and, you know, and, and now we're starting to get into technology and it's changing even faster. Um, you know, but the, the bottom line is our lives are, uh, the way we live now, um, is at odds with our biology. Um, and and we can, we can talk about that from, you know, light and and sleep. We can talk about that in terms of food. Um, you know, we've just never had the availability, uh, and the access to food that we do now. Uh, You know, we're, we're wired to eat, we're wired to eat until, you know, there's either no food left or, you know, we just can't put any more in. Um, (laughs) that wasn't a problem 500 years ago. It is a problem now because you always have food in front of you. Um, yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I, we could, we could talk about a lot of those things and unpack any of that, but, you know, just to, to go back to what you were saying about, you know, addiction and, and chemicals and, and the brain, you know, I've, I, it's been amazing the um, people that I've been able to interact with and work with after the book has been published because it's been so well received in so many communities. And um, that's another, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say testament, but you know, uh, like I said earlier, my intention was to create something that uh, would be a timeless resource. And I wanted it to be something that had transfer to any application. And when I literally say like on, on, you know, the subtitle is accomplish any goal. And so Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in the terms of like, you know, marketing hyperbole. I really mean that in the stuff that's in the book is the governing dynamics of what it means to be a human. And so whether or not you're trying to, you know, get closer to God, whether or not you're trying to, you know, become a better, um, uh, martial artist or, or self-defense person, or, you know, whether you're trying to become, um, you know, a better hunter, understanding how the human operating system works enables yeah. you to better leverage it to your advantage. Um, and, you know, 
like I was saying, it, the, the book has, has gotten me the ability to work with, um, you know, special forces groups, uh, law enforcement, SWAT teams, um, self-defense, uh, but then also on the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, your journey through um, recovery, because uh, there's actually a church in the Northeast, uh, the Philadelphia area, that mm-hmm. specializes in recovery uh, and addiction from uh, not only substance abuse, but also porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, everything that you talked about in, in that kind of little clip that you're just saying about um you know, uh, chemicals and, and shutting down the prefrontal cortex and actually getting further away from, or, or disconnecting from, you know, the, the, the higher power or the thing that you're trying to connect to, um, you know, that's stuff that they were utilizing in their practice. And, and yeah. to have those people reach out to me and say, Hey, we're using your book to do this, this, and this, and, you know, would you, you know, come talk or, you know, it's just, it, it really is amazing. Um, you know, so yeah, man. Yeah, to uh, to be able to understand what's going on um, in, in our heads, you know, just it gives us the ability to, you know, again, I know it sounds like hyperbole, but you really can do whatever, um, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you're passionate about or or excited about. Yeah, it's just it's about that um, discipline and consistency and trajectory, and like you say in the book, which is something that stands out for me a lot, which is is what you're doing right now in line with your long-term stated goals and values, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to a quote I love, and I dropped a lot on this podcast, but like, we'll never be what we're not right now becoming, you know? Like, you know, for example, I I wanted to start this podcast a few months ago, but I was like, or like half a year ago, but I was like, oh, no, or I just, whatever, I just put it off, didn't want to do it lazy and whatever. And then something was just like, no, like, I'm just going to go for it. You know, it's just one small example, but you know, I've implemented a lot of small stuff from your book that is having a big impact. You know, I, um, I started the no social media thing before I'd go through my morning routine, which includes spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Um, you know, I started doing cold showers, put my Wi-Fi on a timer while I'm sleeping. Um, yeah, I've gone deeper into my meditation practice, um, which has been awesome. Um, already seen the results of that. And then, uh, you know, blue light reduction, more movements, et cetera, et cetera. But um, just putting in these little things that um, I think over a long period can make a big impact, you know. Um, but I did want to move a little bit in into hunting because um, I know that's, you know, it's part of the theme of our podcast here. Um, and... Uh, it, it to me like that's another thing that was just light bulbs going off in my head because you talk about um, stacking you know doing multiple uh, positive things for your health and well being at the same time and something I like kind of sort of started to discover before I started listening to your book and and was you know preparing for our conversation but like I can think of like literally nothing that is as nurturing and challenging to our what i call our triune person you know body soul and spirit uh to hunting and then you got you know the the stacked benefits of like exercise camaraderie with another person you know uv light exposure green space cold exposure um you know just so many things man so like um what's your journey into hunting been like and um and and like what's your why do you love it so much? Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I had a feeling that 
a question like that would come up and I've, I've tried to think about it. And even now, like, as you pose the question, it's, it's a struggle to, um, to articulate, you know, exactly how and why, but I mean, you know, like you said at the top, I mean, I'm a fellow Virginian, so, um, I'm from the Western part of the state. I'm from yeah, Roanoke, um, you know, the Appalachian. I went Trail. to Virginia tech by the way. So I caught I that on your intro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are UVA fans though, right? <laughs> well, we were growing up because my dad actually went to VMI. Um, okay. And when he was there, tech was like a huge rival and they hated tech. So, gotcha. uh, when I grew up, I mean, VMI is hard to, uh, to root for, um, you know, as a fan. Yeah. So he chose UVA, uh, just because gotcha. they weren't tech. Um, but I went to Clemson, so I don't really care about either of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, growing up in, uh, in Roanoke, I mean, the, literally the Appalachian trail was like right behind my high school, um, in Botetourt mm -hmm. County. Um, you could see it. Um, and you know, went through some of my friends' backyards, um, you know, and even when I was in Clemson, I mean, it's basically the same, you know, type of place. So, I mean, you know, the, the Blue Ridge mountains and, you know, Appalachian, you know, whatever is kind of where I've spent most of my life. And, yeah. um, I grew up, we, we did more fishing than hunting. Um, you know, as I was a kid, my dad doesn't hunt or didn't hunt. He does now we can get into that. He's an adult onset hunter. Nice. Um, but, um, I actually learned to hunt when I was in high school um, from my best friends. Uh, they were brothers. One was a year older than me. One was a year younger, and, and their dad was a big hunter. And um, you know, they actually gave me a hand-me-down. It was an old PSE bow, and, and got me into bow oh, cool. hunting. And um, yeah, I mean, that was I, I was just I just fell in love with it. And you know, there were you know, I mean, there's just so much about hunting. Like you said, um, you know, when you're out there and you're doing it, you are so in tune with what's happening. You're so connected. Um, you know, every sense is heightened and, you know, everything else just kind of drops away. Um, you know, and, and not only do you have this heightened connection to you know, all those things that you mentioned in terms of stacking a minute ago, but, you know, I think you could also add to the stacking what you're missing. Um, you know, there's, there's no TV, there's no, uh, you know, social media. I mean, I, I guess if you're sitting in a tree stand and you're scrolling social media, you know, okay. <laughs> but you know, like I think to me, and, and this is one of the draws to, to hunting out West is, you know, um, I, I'm ADD, I, you know, um, my brain moves really, really quickly and I can get bored pretty easily. So, um, as much as I enjoy hunting here in Virginia, um, I can't sit in a tree stand for more than a couple hours. Um, yeah. I have, I have never done an all day sit and I probably I never can't will. do that either. Um, you could tell me like, Hey, there's going to be a, you know, 170 inch white tail is going to walk by. You just have to sit here all day long. I mean, if you, if, if I knew a hundred percent that one was going to walk by, <laughs> I might be able to make it all day. Yeah. But even then I'd be like, God, this is terrible. I don't even know if this is worth it. So Dude, I'm um, with you, man. And, and so a couple of years ago, uh, guy, Mike Lum, who is now my, my business partner with this new venture, Fuel the Pursuit. Um, he just, we, we were on a call and, and he just kind of threw this out, uh, at the end. He was like, you know, he happens to be a, a fly fishing guide in Montana on the Madison river. And, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, huge bow hunter and love hunting out here. And, you know, if you ever want to come hunting or fishing, let me know. 
And uh, I was like, dude, I've always wanted to come out there and hunt. I just didn't yeah. really know how to get started. And, um, and so that was in 2018. And he was like, okay, so here's you know what you got to do. You got to get a tag and get this tag and blah, blah, blah. And so 2019, uh, I got my first elk tag uh, for Montana and went out there and um, spent a few days. It wasn't quite a full week hunting um, elk in Montana on a general tag. We were out there during rifle season and, and it was just, I mean, from the very first moment that we got off the plane, um, I don't know if anybody, like if, if you ever flown into Bozeman, you know, um, like you can see the bridgers from the airport and it's just, mm. um, man, it, it's just, it's amazing. Like you're, you're, you're <laughs> like, we haven't even gone hunting yet. We're still sitting on the plane yeah. waiting to deboard. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I just want to be in those mountains and, yeah. um, you know, it just, it calls to me. And I think to, to a lot of the other people that are, are into, you know, this type of stuff, I, I don't think you get into this as much as we are, if it doesn't call to you that way. Right. And there's just, yeah. you know, I think it's, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, it's, it, it's, as humans, we're wired to, uh, to live that kind of a lifestyle. It's in our DNA because that's what we've done for, you know, thousands of years. Um, and, and to be able mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to, to just be out there and, and to be interacting with nature and, you know, um, w- when you're worried about where you're going to camp and, and where you're going to get water and, and do I have enough food and, you know, are there any grizzly bears around that are going to eat me? Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the stuff that we worry about on a daily basis, just, it just disappears and it really, it, it has a way of just forcing you to think about what's really important. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when you're laying in your tent out there falling asleep, you know, you're, you're exhausted. It's been a great day. You're so grateful for everything that, that you're doing, you know, that, that happened that day. And you're excited about the things the next day. And, you know, you're thinking about all the things that really matter, excuse me, to you most. It's nothing like kind of the, the man-made constructs of, you know, what goes through our head when we're at home. And, um, right. Yeah. I I don't know. Those are like natural things to be worried about. You know, like our brain was probably in some level designed to worry about those things. Not like how many likes did our last post get or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, I I detail that in the book and and talk about how, you know, some of that is, is disrupting. Um, and and, I mean, there's tons of studies that, that show, you know, how that's impacting mental health and, you know, attention span and, um, neurochemicals, um, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it it just, to be able to get out there and, and, and do that, you know, like you said, the, the camaraderie and the pursuit and the animals, I mean, there's so many things about it that um, make it such a special experience. It's hard to say yeah. one thing that that draws us to hunting. I mean, I think it's it's all of, of it, course. right? And um, and it's also the challenge, right? Because I think you know if yeah. if we got on a plane and you know you flew to Alaska or I flew to you know New Mexico or whatever, and you know you you drive to a trailhead and you know you park at the trailhead, you get out of the vehicle and there's an animal and you shoot it right there. Like I don't think that we would be drawn to it if it was that easy. No, you know, so, so there's definitely the challenge and, you know, how it makes you think and and how it forces you to say, okay, well, where do I need to get better? And, you know, I think, I think that's another part of the draw is, is, um, you know, and I think it's part of what you're pursuing here with the podcast, right? I mean, even the name is quest, right? It's, it's a quest Mm -hmm. for, for what, right. And, and, and that's, I think it's intentionally open-ended, um, and it's, you know, intentionally ambiguous because, 
there's no one thing, right? Quest for an animal, right. quest for um, you know spiritual connection, a quest for camaraderie, a quest for you know personal development and, and getting better. And you know that's a it's to me that stands out because it was a similar thought process for Mike and I when we named Fuel the Pursuit, Fuel the Pursuit, because it's it's about the pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I want to hear about Fuel Pursuit too. It kind of naturally goes to something I want to talk to you about already, which is, uh, um, you know, backcountry nutrition, because, um, you know, I see a lot of guys, well, not a lot, I've seen some guys who, um, you know, bring like a bunch of like Snickers and like junk food and stuff back in the backcountry. And like, you know, I was planning my Alaska trip. I was like, man, I've been eating clean for like eight months or a year. Like, I'm not going to bring a bunch of garbage back in the backcountry. But at the same time, you know, it's not easy to eat well back there. So I'd love to hear just your thoughts on um, on backcountry nutrition, like the kind of stuff we can be eating and should be eating to get the best performance. Um, and then, you know, maybe some, if you like from personal experience, kind of what, what you do, um, and then maybe wrap that up into what you're doing with Fuel the Pursuit. Yeah. So the short version of Fuel the Pursuit is we started it to solve the exact dilemma that you just laid out. Um, you know, like I said, my degree is food science and human nutrition. It, if you were to hang out with me for a few days, you would probably come to the conclusion that I'm the weirdest eater and, and have <laughs> like, some people say I'm the most disciplined. Some people say I'm the pickiest. I mean, it's all in like how you look at it. It's all in perspective. Right. But I have, yeah. and I make no, you know, apologies. Uh, you know, I have really strict, really high standards about what I will put in my body and, and what I don't. And people always ask me, well, what do you, what do you eat? It's probably, or, or what, what do you not eat? And I was like, well, it's probably easier to tell you what I do because it's a shorter list. Like <laughs> if you have to ask, the answer is probably no, <laughs> I don't eat it. Um, but you know, because of that, it, you know, my experience with that first trip out West was exactly the same as what you just described. I start looking up. Okay. Cause again, I grew up hunting in Virginia. Um, I'm never in a tree stand for more than, you know, four or five hours at the longest. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a day hunt, um, you know, you just throw a day's worth of food in your bag and you're not worried about it. And, and it can, you know, sometimes I just, I'll take cooked food out there and, you know, put it in a scent proof bag and I'm not worried about it spoiling. It's only a couple of hours. Right. Yeah. So when you go out West and, and you're going to be living out of a backpack for five days, seven days, like now things are different. Right. And so that was really foreign to me. And so I'm looking up you know, resources. And, and I ran into the exact same thing that you just described where, you know, guys are saying, you know, oh, I'll just take Snickers and M&Ms and gummy bears. And, you know, there's a, yeah. a, a backcountry nutritionist out there that is, you know, recommending Chips Ahoy or, or gummy bears. And, you know, everybody's taking <laughs> pop tarts and, you know, maybe you get somebody who's talking about, you know, air quotes, performance food, and it's, you know, a bagel with cheese and salami. And well, I don't eat dairy. Uh, I don't eat gluten. So, you know, those are out. Um, <laughs> so it was like, what am I going to do? Uh, now the cool thing is, you know, uh, I mentioned Mike and I were on a phone call. We got connected because he is equally passionate about health and, and human performance. And, you know, he's got some certifications in, um, you know, that space and, and he's actually a chef and, um, you know, as I mentioned, tons of experience hunting. And, um, so, you know, the whole time, um, that we're, 
you know, on that first trip, we're just talking about this exact thing. And we're like, man, there's, there's gotta be something that we could do here with that. And, um, yeah. so we, we kind of, after the hunt, we just, we kept talking and, and we're, we're in constant communication about this. And, you know, he came up with the name fuel the pursuit and, you know, we we're just texting back and forth and he's like, I think I got it. And he sent it to me. I was like, yep, that's the name. That's it. And, uh, nice. And last year we were actually going to do an event in person in Bozeman. We had the venue set up. It was on, um, Eventbrite, uh, and it was going to be in, uh, I think it was gonna be in April, maybe early May. Uh, we were going to time it to, to do a spring bear hunt while I was out there. Um, but then COVID hit. So we had to cancel the event. Um, mm. and I think it actually, again, you know, we were talking about this before we hit record, maybe a blessing in disguise because it, it gave us more time to think about, you know, what we really wanted to do with this business and, and how we wanted yeah. to, um, you know, try to, try to fill this need. And, um, so I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing and then we can get into some of those like details about, you know, how we can address nutrition, um, you know, sure. some, some action items or takeaways, but you know, what we decided to do, uh, with fuel of pursuit was, uh, to kind of start it in two phases. And, and so phase one is the educational component. Um, you know, how you need to go about preparing for a Western hunt. So like for you and me, and, and I know you've talked about it a little bit with your prep for Alaska, um, especially if you don't live out West, there is a large, um, physical, uh, I almost call it a barrier, right. You, you, that you have to overcome oh, yeah. in order to be able to go out there and not just do the thing, but to actually enjoy the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that like, if I go and get my ass kicked, um, it, it tends to make me like it more. Um, <laughs> but there's a difference between like, totally getting destroyed physically and having your physical limitations put limitations on your hunt. Yeah. That's totally different from, you know, being able to cover 10, 12 miles a day with ease and, and still, it, it's still a hard day, but you're, you're enjoying it and you're having fun rather than, right. you know, cramping and struggling through it and, um, you know, making bad decisions because as we've, kind of alluded to earlier, you know, you're so in the moment, your limbic system is running the show and it's only concerned with, you know, survival and getting rid of this cramp and, you know, I'm tired, I'm cold, I'm, I'm cranky and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so now right. you're not making decisions that are aligned with your greater goals. They're aligned with, I feel like crap right now. How do I not feel like crap? Right. And, and as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. And that's usually not a choice that's aligned with the thing that we want most. Right. And so that's where a lot of this stuff overlaps. And, and so that's why this project is so exciting to me because I get to, you know, spend time in the hunting space, but I'm talking about, you know, mindset and performance and, and the things that, you know, I enjoy talking about and helping people with. And so, um, the educational side is, um, uh, it's an online course that, that we just launched. It's called backcountry prep, um, make shooting light your only limit. And, uh, it covers training, it covers nutrition, covers mindset. Um, and, and we got to work through last year, we had a couple of people go through as beta testers and, and man, the feedback was just amazing. We had one guy archery hunt in Wyoming and he was covering 18 miles a day and he was just wow. crushing it. Um, 
And, uh, you know, one of the guys that, that you've just had on your show, Brian Barney, has gone through it and uh, oh, absolutely cool. loves the, the mental side of it. Uh, we've got some cool testimonials from him on the website. So, um, you know, to be able to show it to both novice hunters and, you know, very experienced guys and have both of them come back and say, you know, this is amazing. This is very helpful, um, you know, has given us... Um, um, I guess uh, it's a, it's a shot in the arm, you know, to say, Hey, we're on the right track with this thing. Let's, let's keep sure. pushing. Um, and so that's, that's phase one is, is to really, um, you know, for the next, hopefully for the next couple of months, um, you know, we're, uh, getting out on some, some YouTube videos and podcasts and things and, and talking about it and getting the word out. Cause now is, you know, we're recording this in March. So now is the time to be preparing for the upcoming hunting season. So we want to get mm -hmm. it out and get it in people's hands so that they have the off season to, to leverage the, uh, the off season stuff, which then, tr you know, transitions into in season. And so as, as we get deeper in our conversation in a minute about the nutrition stuff, you know, some of it, some of that work has to be done in the off season, especially to create the metabolic flexibility and, and to become fat adapted, um, you know, so that you don't have negative experiences during the hunt. Um, and then the, the second phase of fuel the pursuit is we are actually going to be a food company. We are going to make the world's nice. best backpacking meals. Um, and we actually have a freeze dryer. So we'll be freeze drying food instead of dehydrating it. Um, cause you get better nutrient retention, better food quality, better taste at the end. Um, and like I said, Mike is a chef, uh, I'm a nutritionist. So, you know, the meals are going to be not only healthy, but they're going to be delicious. And so, you know, part of that is, is the answer to your question of what have we been doing? And so, um, you know, I went on that first elk hunt in 2019. Um, last year I went on a bear hunt in the spring with Mike and another friend of ours, Wade. Um, and then last fall, uh, I was actually in Montana with Mike twice, once during archery and, and once during rifle season. Um, and so on these hunts, Mike has been testing some of our recipes, um, and, uh, and making, uh, these were dehydrated, but they'll like, like I said, they'll in the future be freeze dried, but making backpacking meals for us. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've been able to test these recipes and, and I'll, I'll tell you like, they are delicious. Um, I actually eat, awesome. I, I'll come home from the hunt. I'll have extras and on like on a busy night, I'll actually eat them at home because they're so <laughs> good. Um, that's awesome. and, uh, and that's part of our, our plan is like, I mean, we want these things uh, and fuel the pursuit will be beyond hunters, right? It's, it's for anybody who's camping, backpacking, overlanding, sure. um, anybody that's interested in, you know, performance. And, you know, sometimes that means like if I'm traveling for, for business and I'm just going to speak, you know, it might be nice to have one or two of these in the hotel and, you know, just run some hot water through a coffee maker and, and pour it in there. And you yeah, know, I got a meal, right? Healthy food um, on the go is always good. Exactly. And and I think that's, you know, now we can kind of get into, uh, I'll, I'll take a pause and, and let you interject, but you know, if you want to get into, um, yeah. you know, some of like the, the nitty gritty of the nutrition stuff and like what we've been doing. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, um, you know, maybe give some guys like, um, a few of the basics or some of the, um, just a, a taste of some of the education side of it too. Like one of the things you, you mentioned was being fat adapted, um, and like, that's something I've been working on, you know, um, I started doing, uh, as part of my routine, you know, after my prayer and meditation study time in the morning, I'll go for a run and then I actually do a CrossFit workout and I do all that before eating. And I think that, 
I, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. I'd like to hear from you, but, um, but yeah, let's get into some of that stuff. Um, cause it's something that's really interesting to me and I think can benefit a lot of guys in the meantime, you know, even before y'all's uh, food is out, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess, I mean, there's a lot within that and, uh, I'll, I'll try to address as much of it as I can. So, um, on the, for you specifically on the CrossFit stuff, um, I think it, it always comes back to goal and context, right? So why are we doing the thing and, and what is the desired outcome, right? And so if we're doing a CrossFit workout and we all know that CrossFit workouts can be anything, right? It could be, you know, strength focused. It could be aerobic focused. It could be, you know, all over the place, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of the nature of a CrossFit workout. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a blanket statement, but assuming that the workout, you know, uh, is some sort of strength component with work capacity, uh, you know, and probably some metabolic conditioning, um, from a performance standpoint, um, it's probably not best to do that style of workout fasted, um, and the reason for that is, you know, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, what we're looking for from that workout is progression. Um, we're going to get better as we do those workouts over time when we can either do more work in less time mm -hmm. or the same amount of work in less time, right? So like you take a, a CrossFit hero workout like Fran, right? And so the first yeah. time you do it, you know, maybe it takes you six minutes. Um, as you create adaptations through training, um, you would hopefully be able to do that workout in less time. And so there's a lot of different ways, even with that workout specifically that we could reduce our time. Um, you know, if you increase your aerobic capacity, uh, if you increase your strength, if you increase strength endurance, um, you know, and so when we're increasing our strength, whether that's on, you know, squats or overhead presses because you have thrusters, um, which is a combination of those two movements, you know, you're increasing core strength, you increase uh, pulling strength because the other part of that workout is a pull up. Um, you know, the way that we increase strength isn't through a lack of nutrients. Um, you know, we need, and, and so this is another kind of fundamental thing that we have to talk about with training in the gym. Um, that is a stressor. And the results that we get, the, the adaptations and compensation um, that we get don't come from being in the gym. Those things, uh, the, the time in the gym is a stimulus and it stimulates the body to adapt to that stressor. Um, so it's a signal. And then we use recovery, so sleep and nutrition, giving our body the nutrients that it needs in order to build itself back up bigger, better, stronger, so that it mm -hmm. can handle that stressor better the next time it sees it, right? And so this is called the hormetic response. And, and part of that is like the doses in the toxin, right? So, you know, cold exposure, same thing. It's a hormetic response. We need a little bit of exposure, but then we have to remove ourselves from it. And it's the removal from it that allows us to, you know, super compensate and then be better able to handle it the next time. So, you know, with, with the CrossFit style workouts, um, you're going to get better performance in the workout if you're properly fueled, which is going to sure. allow you to create a bigger stimulus, which is then going to drive 
bigger adaptations. Yeah. So rather than having the, the kind of myopic or, or short-term view of if I do this fasted, I'll lose more fat maybe in the next two weeks. Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. But the long-term view is let me fuel myself properly so I can dominate this workout, create a bigger stimulus, and then create bigger and longer lasting adaptations and progression over time. Because, you know, if you're doing this, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, you should be getting stronger, bigger, faster over time. And those are the progressions long-term. And so this is, again, because of my experience, you know, I, I just, I see people looking at things in, you know, daily and weekly views as opposed to monthly, yearly, and, and decade views. Um, mm. So I know it, it, if somebody says, well, hey, I'm going hunting in six weeks or, or six months, like I don't have those years, I get it. But still, six months is a long time to build a ton of adaptations. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I know that's, you know, you mentioned the CrossFit thing, and I know you're not the only one that's approaching it that way. I've heard that quite a few times, and that's why I wanted to start there. Um, yeah, sure. You mentioned and I've been so focused on like weight loss for so long that I probably like you're reminding me it's probably time to start shifting because I've lost like 80 pounds since 2018, but um, it's probably start time to start shifting that mindset a little bit, like you said, more into a long term bigger, stronger, faster, instead of just trying to shrink myself like I have been for so long. Yeah. And so, I mean, just, just to stick on the, the strength and conditioning side of the conversation for a minute, strength is the adaptation that leads to all other adaptations. Um, so when I had my gym, it was actually called house of strength. And, um, and that's one of the reasons for the name, because if, if we get you stronger, um, I'm, I'm trying to think I, it's been so long since I've done like CrossFit style stuff. I don't really remember any of the other hero workouts off the top of my head, but you know, let's just say there's a workout that, you know, you're doing, um, I don't know, you're doing deadlifts in the workout, right? And mm-hmm. because of the nature of the workout, um, you know, let's say you're using, you know, 185 pounds. Well, for easy math, let's say you're using, um, 150 pounds, right? And mm-hmm. if you do, and again, this is probably not the workout, but let's say you do 10 sets of 10, right? Um, that's a hundred reps with 150 pounds. So that's 15,000 pounds that you've lifted throughout that workout mm-hmm. just on the deadlift, right? That's not counting any of the other movements. It's not counting any of the aerobic work or anything like that, right? Um, so now if you were to get stronger and do that same workout with 200 pounds, you know, now you're talking 200 times 100 reps. So that's 20,000 pounds. So that's 5,000 more pounds of work. And let's say that you're, as you increase strength, let's say that the time to completion on that workout doesn't decrease. Let's say you're able to maintain same time. So if it took you 30 minutes to do it at 150 and it takes you 30 minutes to do the same workout at 200 pounds on the bar, you're lifting 5,000 more pounds in the same 30 minute workout. So that's 5,000 mm. more pounds, right? So that's, that's work capacity, that's density. And so these are like, this is, a, this is the reason that strength and conditioning is a science. Like there's physics involved, there's um, you know, volume calculations and all these things. And these are all ways to progress 
yes, this one was adding weight to the bar, but as you can see, there's, there's, uh, the density, uh, there's, there's time, there's reps, there's, there's, there's so many ways to progress without necessarily adding weight to the bar. Um, but you know, like I said, if, if we're able to increase your strength, then, you know, fat loss becomes easier because you can do more work in the same amount of time, or right. you can do the same work in less time, right? Both of those are mm -hmm. ways to increase that stimulus that we were talking about earlier to drive the adaptation that you're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think the, the shift to, you know, who am I trying to become? What am I trying to create in terms of, you know, my physical vessel, my physical body? Um, you know, and, and the answer for you is probably not, you know, a rail thin, weak waif of a human <laughs> being, right? Like you want to be an apex predator, right? Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if think about any other apex predator, a shark, a bear, you know, whatever, like if they're going to go do some stuff, like you don't want them. Well, it may be a bad example. Cause maybe they're, if they're hungry, then they're more motivated, but, um, yeah, you know, you want one that's well built, right? Like if you're going to be an apex predator, grizzly bear or shark or whatever, like you don't want one that's thin and undernourished. Right. Right. So, um, you know, fuel yourself before the exertion, uh, especially if it's done to drive stimulus so that you can create that bigger stimulus and then eat afterwards so that you fuel the recovery so that you can continue to, uh, build yourself bigger and better over time. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think that's, we'll, we'll stop it there, um, yeah. just for the sake of time. And then we'll, we'll shift to some of these other things. I, I, I do want to address, um, you know, some of those foods that we've been kind of throwing out there that, that we see so commonly in, um, the backpacking or backcountry hunting world of, um, you know, pop tarts and gummy bears and, you know, Snickers bars. And, yeah. um, you know, the thing that, that you've learned through your journey and the thing that I know is that, you know, all foods are not created equally, right? And, and everything that we eat is, it's not just a calorie. Um, you know, the calories, um, a calorie is just a unit that, that man has constructed to measure the amount of energy in food, right. right? You burn it and it creates heat. And we measure that in kilocalories. Um, and how much heat it provides, you know, that's how much, you know, that's, that's the number of calories, right? And so um, what we really need to be focusing on are, you know, the macronutrients and the micronutrients and what mm -hmm. those chemical signals um, or, or what chemical signals those are creating within our body, um, you know, hormonally, um, you know, from an endocrine standpoint, from a neuro standpoint, um, everything that we eat is sending information to our body. And then as we've just talked about with all this work that we're doing in the gym, we're tearing down our, our muscles. Um, and so they have to be repaired and, and recreated and, and rebuilt. But beyond that, we have cellular turnover. So every cell in our body is dying and being replaced at a certain rate. So, you know, the, the cells in your liver, uh, re they turn over and they regenerate at a certain rate it's a little bit different than skin cells and that's different than, you know, the, the cells, you know, in your eyes and, you know, every organ has its right. own rate. Right. Sure. But the point is cells are constantly dying and being replenished with, you know, new cells. Well, what is the, the building block of that cellular material? Is that a question? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, 
I mean, where where are we going to accumulate new well, stuff food, to, I mean, to build with? Right, exactly. So, yeah. and and I, I I thought you were like asking for a specific type of food. No, but I, it's <laughs> it's kind of a you caught like, me off guard, Ryan. Th- that's but that's the point is like, and I wanted to catch the listeners off guard too. Like, I want you to start thinking about this and say, okay, well, I'm making new cells every single day. What is my body making those cells out of? Well, it's not going out into the world and collecting materials, right? Like it's not you at camp going out and collecting firewood, right? And do you want to be Snickers and Pop-Tarts and Twinkies or like elk meat? See, that's why I like you, Hunter. You finished. You hit the punchline for me, right? (laughs) That's that's it. Like I know it sounds cliche to say you are what you eat, but you really are. And I don't want my body to be made out of whatever Taco Bell is using. Um, you know, uh, I want my body to be made out of, you know, elk meat and, you know, organic things and, you know, things that aren't covered in, you know, chemicals and pesticides and, you know, things that are, um, you know, actually pronounceable things that I know what they are, you know? Right. Um, and so actually grow from the earth, not like made in a lab. Yeah. And so, you know, my original major at Clemson was packaging science, um, halfway through I, I, you know, changed and and went into food science and and human nutrition. But one of the things that we learned in packaging is that the front of the package is designed to sell you. um, And that there are strict guidelines about what can and can't, or, or what has to be on the nutrition label and then in the ingredients. And so the number one thing that I could tell you Uh, or anybody listening is to ignore the front of the package, ignore all the marketing hype. It's designed to separate you from your money, turn the thing over, (laughs) go to the back, read the nutrition information and specifically read the ingredients. Um, that will tell you everything. There are, um, you know, as you, as we make that transition, as we move down the spectrum from, you know, the things that we know aren't high performance foods, right? You don't need a nutrition degree to know that Snickers bars and gummy bears are not high performance food, right? Right. But then there are other things that are masquerading as performance foods. Um, Some of them are called performance bars or, you know, whatever. Read the ingredient labels on those things. And when you see things that you can't pronounce, when you see things that are, well, this is like the same ingredient list as a candy bar, um, it's going to be pretty evident to you when you're using your brain, your prefrontal cortex, not your limbic system, which is what they're appealing to in their marketing, right? Uh, that, that this is also not performance food. And so, um, you know, it, it, it is, um, it does mean that you're going to have to work a little bit harder. You're going to have to, you know, maybe make your own foods before you go, uh, maybe go on Amazon or, uh, you know, seek out certain things. Um, you know, so what I can do is, um, since I know I have a hard stop and we're going to run out of time, what I'll do is I will send you a link to my backcountry packing list and, and you can share it cool. in the show notes or, or, you know, if you want to make people opt in and, and get it, I, it doesn't matter to me, but you know, I've been able to figure out how to pack between 4,000 and 4,500 calories a day, um, weighing less than one and a half pounds per day of food. And it's all super high quality foods. I make homemade pemmican. um, Nice. And and it's either with grass fed beef or it's with wild game that I have harvested myself. Um, When I have wild game, um, when I take it to uh, the processor or if I do it myself, 
um, I actually grind the heart and the liver into my burger meat so that I can increase my nutrient quality. Um, I know those are, um, especially liver. Um, I actually enjoy eating heart. Uh, and I know a lot of other people do too, but liver is not my favorite thing to eat, but when you grind it into the burger, you really can't even taste it. Um, so, um, so my pemmican is usually wild game meat, um, that it's burger. I brown it and then I dehydrate it. And then I add a bunch of ghee and tallow, uh, from grass fed cows. And, you know, we increase the, the fat content of that. Um, but we have that recipe in, the backcountry prep course, the fuel of pursuit nice, course, right? and, and along with all of our other recipes and um, the pack list and everything is in there. But um, that's two of my meals a day. Uh, I use a, a food called keto bricks. Um, they weigh 150 grams and they pack a thousand calories. Wow. Yeah. That's it's amazing. super great for, for camping or, or backpacking. Um, I'll take a little bit of protein powder. Um, I take a ton of, uh, packets of nut butters. Um, we're talking Mm -hmm. like 200 to 250 calories per like 50 gram pack. Um, I prefer nut butters over nuts because when you're eating that amount of nuts in a day for six, seven days in a row, um, there can be issues on the uh, elimination side. So, um, the, the nut butter smooth is a lot better than, um, you know, what your teeth can do. Um, you know, so, so that's, I mean, that's the start. And so, you know, we, we didn't even get to touch on becoming fat adapted, but as you can kind of tell, you know, that's a, that's a high fat approach. And for me, it's a simple problem. It's a simple math problem, right? Um, carbohydrates contain four calories per gram. Um, fat has nine calories per gram. Mm. So it's 2.25 times the amount of energy per gram. So like when, when, when you're weighing out your kit and you're saying, all right, well, here's, you know, 200 grams of carbs, here's 200 grams of fat. The 200 grams of fat has 2.25 times the energy. Right. right. So it makes sense from a, you know, if you're going to, if we're going to weigh things and worry about how much our pack weighs, you know, more fat is going to be better uh, from a, a weight, uh, calorie to weight ratio standpoint. But then, you know, as we've talked about metabolic flexibility and, and being fat adapted. So being fat adapted helps you to digest that amount of fat without having, you know, GI issues uh, on the mountain, uh, which is a great way to ruin your hunt if you're not ready yeah. for that. So again, that's why we want to start working on that in the off season. But the other side of that is when we have the metabolic flexibility and we're able to tap into stored body fat for fuel, we're all carrying thousands of calories worth of stored energy in the mm-hmm. form of body fat. Um, even if you're a 200 pound dude at 10% body fat, that's 20 pounds of fat on your frame. Um, 454 grams in a pound. So do 20 pounds times 454 and then multiply that by nine. And that's how many calories worth of fat, you know, this 200 pound guy at 10% body fat has, right? Most people aren't 10% body fat. So you can increase that amount of stored calories that we're carrying around. Um, so the ability to tap into that, um, should fu- should food or fuel become scarce, um, you know, then you're not in this situation where, oh my God, I haven't eaten in three hours. Like, I'm going to fall apart and I'm making bad decisions because I'm hangry and I'm used to running on sugar and right. I'm out of sugar. And now what's my body going to do? So, yeah. um, 
I know I'm kind of leaving you there on a, uh, on a cliffhanger, but, um, <laughs> sorry, man, we can, we can I dive did. into that more, um, some other time if you want, but, um, I would love to, to, man. Bounce. Yeah. If you got time, I'd love to have you back sometime and dive into some of the stuff a little more, but, um, I know you got to go. Um, if you indulge 30 seconds, if you got time, yeah, three, like three things like mind, body, and spirit, something that people can implement today real quick. What would they be? Okay, so first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say define your values. Um, decide who you want to be. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? Um, you know, when other people talk about you, what are the words that you want them to use? Um, you know, I get to speak and, and do leadership stuff at, at companies all around the world, and, and I'm always amazed at you know how individuals can recite the company values, but they don't have core values as a person. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm choosing that one because it's where I start with most of my coaching. But I also think that it's it's something that resonates with what you're trying to do here um, on your podcast, right? And so, yeah. you know. I think that's the first step and whether that's mind or, or spirit, I'm not sure it's probably quite a bit of both. Um, but I think that gives us a starting point and a framework, um, you know, to be able to, you know, determine whether or not choices, you know, how can you decide, how do you know if a choice is aligned with your values and your goals? If you haven't first established what your values are hundred percent. Right. And so, so that's the starting point. Um, you know, from a, from a body standpoint, I would say, you know, just remember you only get one of these things and, you know, treat it, uh, like you love it and do things that make the future you glad that you did them. And, and I don't mean mm -hmm. the you in six months, I mean the you in 20 years. Um, you know, I'm 37 and I'm starting to change the way I approach my training. Well, not starting to, I have been over the last five years because, you know, I did things in my twenties that, you know, maybe I did it for social media or I did it for ego. Um, you know, I wasn't thinking about, Hey, how is 50 year old me going to feel about this decision? Right. And right. so, you know, that's not everything and it doesn't mean, you know, you can't go for it every once in a while, but you know, my training has evolved and, and I'm not, you know, doing stupid meathead things in the gym. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like sometimes I may have been prone to in the past. Um, so I think that's, you know, and maybe that just means more stretching, more mobility. Maybe it means walking more on a daily basis. Um, you know, sitting less, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge thing. Um, and then I think the, the third thing I would say is just consistency, whether that's food, whether that's movement, whether that's, yeah. you know, archery practice or, you know, spiritual practice. Um, you know, I kind of have touched on this a couple of times, but it doesn't matter, um, you know, it, it, no one session is going to get you there. You know, it matters what you do for five years, 10 years, yes. 15 years. Um, so, you know, think long-term and, and focus on consistency. Absolutely, man. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I could sit here and talk to you all day, but I know you got to go. You got stuff to do. I really appreciate your time, man. And hopefully we can meet sometime We're you know, Virginia, Virginians got to stick together, man. So I hope to hope to meet you sometime soon. Absolutely, man. We'll, we'll figure out something, whether it's here in Virginia or, or out West or, or what, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I appreciate the conversation and, and we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, man. If you're ever down or heading toward Virginia beach, uh, let me know for sure. I will. I will. All right, man. We'll be in touch again. I appreciate your time and, uh, looking forward to talking again have a great day, my friend. All right. You too, Hunter. Thanks.